No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. On the breaking ball, he struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. This is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He, he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. All right, we are back and we have a brand new format. We've gone big time, fellas. We have now, you can watch us if you're on Spotify. You can pull it up and watch Grant, Coey, The Apprentice, and myself. Uh, if you go to YouTube as well, we're gonna, we've got the YouTube channel. If you, if you type in the Top Step Podcast on YouTube, we have got a video version. And this is by demand too. I've just been getting thousands and thousands of people saying, oh, I need to see Grant Balfour's beautiful face. I need to see what Coey the Apprentice looks like. Boom. Need so to see the, the, the famous printer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, hey, look at my background, by the way. I'm, I'm in the new house, guys. This is going to be turned into a, a really cool studio, by the way. I'm going to have a full-on studio. I can walk around this puppy. Have you guys got a TV screen? I'm going to have you guys up there on the screen. It's going to be legit. Um, but anyway, real quick, before we get into that, all, all the uh, important stuff, make sure you go follow us on social media, the Top Step Podcast. And if you haven't subscribed already, whether it's Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to it, it's available everywhere. It's for free. You can watch it. You can hear it. Uh, make sure you click subscribe. Tell your mates. All right. Enough of that. Fellas, how are we doing? We good? Yeah, mate. Doing yeah. well. Doing well, mate. Okay, so we're going to go – by the way, we're doing a lot faster turnaround uh, in these episodes. Usually it's a week and we're kind of delayed a little bit. But Coey's like, hey, Coey the Apprentice, like, guys, pick it up. We're going to go – we're going to record this and turn this turn this uh, thing right around. So, Coey, I want you to fire some things off at us, some things we saw over the weekend or some things that you really want to talk about because you love baseball, as we all do. Coey, what do you got, mate? What's the first thing we're talking about today? Yeah, let's start off with the hottest team in baseball, uh, MLB's favorite team, the New York <laughs> Yankees. Uh, I, I think the story for me with the Yankees is Nestor Cortez. It's unbelievable to see this guy. I think he's got a 1-3 ERA right now. Bounced around, was yep. on the Yankees, then the Mariners, back on the Yankees, and absolutely dominating. What do you guys got on that? All right, well, first of all, you said MLB's favorite team, all right? Is this... That's what Grant said. I'm quoting Grant. Throw him under the bus. Balfour, what do you got? I'm I mean, mate, you know, everybody knows Yankees. I mean, the New York Yankees are definitely uh, world-renowned. If, if you go to Europe, you go to some other country, there's a good chance you're going to see a New York Yankees hat opposed to any other hat in baseball. I must admit, I do see uh, the odd, you know, other other cap, whatever, a Cubs cap or this or that. But typically, New York Yankees cap is uh, pretty renowned throughout the world, so... Hey, um, and Balf, you, you pitched against them in the playoffs. And I remember you talking about this. The Twins, which, you know, at the time, I guess, was a small market team or whatever. And you're yeah. playing against the Yankees. And you had that feeling. I know you've kind of talked about this. You had that feeling where, like, MLB or everyone wants the Yankees to go through, right? Yeah. Not I the mean, fan base. No. no, no. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think, you know, MLB wants to see TV ratings. They want to see TV ratings through the roof. They want to see, you know, money's coming in. Um, and the and the Yankees they seem to uh, they seem to bring that you know they definitely uh, you know if it's a Red Sox Yankees Cubs Dodgers 
those are the teams I feel like at the end of the day with it's it's a hidden secret there maybe but um, they want to see them you know in the playoffs in the World Series because they're, they're the ones that are going to pull the big ratings you know if, if, right. if the Cincinnati Reds come out of a nine and 24 slump and go to the World Series this year I don't know how the ratings are going to be <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> one other thing on the Yankees, the storyline all year was they they tried to lock up Aaron Judge before the season. Mm. Negotiations came to an end, and then Judge said, "Okay, I'm not worrying about a contract until after the year." So this is walk year, and he's off to the best start of his career. I, I think know. he's got 12 homers already. Yep. He hit a walk off last week that was huge against the Blue Jays. He's going off. Is this a different Aaron Judge this year because of the walk year? <laughs> Yeah, I, here's the thing on that, man. Like, okay, J.P. Crawford signed with the Mariners. Uh, he signed a, an extension right before the season. And I said publicly, I said, when you do that, you basically have this element of comfort where you don't have to press or push. You have a bad month of April. You're not stressing out. Because you see that, guys, all of a sudden, it's that ARB year. This is what happened to me, 2010. It was, my, it was an arbitration year. And I was just like, I, I had this feeling like, if I, all I have to do is have like a four five and sort of limp, limp my way over the finish line and I'm going to get paid. It was the worst thing ever. And so I think obviously Aaron Judge is, is different in that regard, but it just goes to show, man, like how good these dudes are when they can back themselves, bet on themselves like that and just go out and absolutely ball. Now, real quick, just uh. r- real quick, Nestor Cortez, before we forget about him. All right, we talk about yeah. the Yankees and that big big market team and the whole thing. If you haven't had a chance, go check out Nestor Cortez. Go watch the antics on the mound. Yeah, you know, he stops, he does all this. You know, like he 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 messes with the hitter or whatever, and it's good because I guess it disrupts the hitter's timing. He's having a blast, but then he's on social media doing a bunch of stuff on social. He's quite the character. Plus, he's dealing. Plus, he's in a Yankees uniform. Some of these dudes, man, they, they, they just go absolute viral. Don't they? Everyone knows who they are when they have all these antics about them. You know what I mean? Mate, I, I just want to sort of chip in for there. It's, it's, like, it's like anything. It's like a one-hit wonder. You know, you, li- you listen to a song. <laughs> you listen to a song. Hey, mate, that thing goes, cre- it goes off. And uh, yeah, then two years later, no one's listened to it anymore. And comes the next one. But let's hopefully, for, for Nesta Cortez... Mate, I give him, I give it credit where credit's due. He came in, he's put up a two nine last year in ninety three innings. A two nine, that's very impressive with one hundred and three strikeouts and through fourteen starts there. So big numbers, um, big numbers again to get it started off this year. So he's definitely proven himself that he can go out there and get guys out. Um, this is just his fifth season in the big leagues, and um, I mean if he continues this tired uh, stretch. He's going to get himself paid, you know? But, dude, look. He, he, dude, he is. I mean, look, 2020 had a 15. He had a 5 out of 7. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, Yeah. What I mean, you, but you you got to look at four innings and seven innings. That that tells me nothing. I'm looking at 2019 where he pitched 66 innings and had a 5 and a half. Well, that's okay. not what, I, Yeah, you're, you're right. My bad. Yeah, Baltimore you, only had the four. I, I, I he had four he had innings. Anything could happen in four innings. Seven innings, but, okay, didn't bode well. Definitely didn't pitch well at all. Seven innings, you give up 14 runs. I mean, you got shelled. But not to say if he, you know, he didn't stay with the team, he yeah. couldn't have turned things around, but yeah. Yeah, I know, but that's just it. He wasn't even on the map. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. was not even on the friggin' so, map. So yeah. You talk about socials. I think I, I know a lot of teams, when they draft guys or sign guys at a young age, encourage them to either get off of social media or be incredibly 
PC and boring because you don't want to have a tweet come back and hurt you five years later. Oh, dude. So you got all these young guys who don't do anything. You don't want them making headlines for the wrong reasons on social media. But all these guys with huge personalities get to the big leagues, and they've been told, as long as they've been in pro ball, to not showcase that on social. And there, there are a few guys who are really good at balancing the line, like a Noah Syndergaard comes to mind, where he's funny and kind of edgy without being obnoxious on social media. And I think Nestor Cortez, that's the reason he's becoming this viral sensation. It's the mustache, the very pickoff yeah. moves, and you know, checking the umpire to make sure he didn't balk, mm-hmm. and all these funny little things. And then success in New York, and he's fun on social. I think that's why he's going big. It's not that he's... Oh, yeah the greatest pitcher in the world, although he is pitching like that at the moment. Yeah, it, just uh-huh. just on the social media, just uh, <clears throat> if, you, if, you, if you don't know this, the teams now, they... Okay, so that, they'll give their players... I know this, you know, with the M's. They'll, they'll give their players um, edited images and stuff of them to post. And they coach them and they say, listen, this is the kind of content... It's a big coaching... Um, thing and, and some guys, you know, take it on and, and it's good for them because it just pumps their their following and stuff. And it's so different now, Grant. And, and I see, we talked about this with yeah. Dallas last week. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you go check out the Dallas Braden episode. It's hilarious. But we talked about this, man. Like, it's just a different era where guys will get in front of a camera, just do goofy shit or they'll dance around, whatever. It, I... I was one of the first players ever on Twitter. It was me, CJ Wilson, Jason Grilly, and like one other dude. I got fucking my ass kicked in the locker room for being on Twitter. They're like, what are you doing? Like they had this thing. They had this I follow hyphen 18 night at the field where you get a t-shirt and you, come, you can come early and do a Q&A with me and a couple of like <coughs> other local, like local newscasters and stuff. Well, what they did, I didn't know this. So I'm out there being an absolute douche at the front of the crowd trying to be cool. They CCTV that back into the locker room. So here I am saying, oh, hey, I'm awesome. Follow me and this whole thing in front of these people. It's gone back to all these salty veterans. And they're like, what? I walked back in the locker room and said, what the? F-? They, they were all like, like, I remember JJ Putz. I think like Jared Washburn. <laughs> like all these dudes are just like, what the fuck was that? I was like, what? <laughs> that shit you were doing over in, in the, uh, in the, in the, in front of all those people. I'm like, you guys could see that? And they said, yeah, they had it up on the TVs. I'm like, oh my God, dude. But it's uh, a different era now, that's man. It's good. I think it's good that it's changing. Like For you, for Coey, for you, like for, for people who like take baseball in, I agree. But in the locker room, it can be a little bit of, it can be a little over the top, man. Some guys can just be a little bit fucking annoying on social. And your teammates are like, dude, cut it out, man. Like, what, do you, what is that? Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I for some reason it's always, it's definitely changed a lot. This is probably the Dodger hater in me, but I always got that feeling with Kike Hernandez, where he's so funny and everyone, all the fans love him. But I always had this weird gut feeling that the guys in the clubhouse were like rolling their eyes at him. I, I don't have any. <laughs> I look at him, I go, they don't like him. They don't like him. They're, <laughs> they're definitely now. I don't want to dive into the whole Trevor Bauer thing, but pre whole Trevor Bauer stuff we're seeing now. That's how it was. Telling you right now, I've spoke to guys who are just like, dude, it's an eye roller. Like half the, the just all the the BS that you see. And I'm not, it's not just social media. It's kind of how you act as well. Like you've got to act a certain way. Like just don't be a complete tool around your teammates, you know? And because you can see guys, there's a reaction. Now, the, okay, Kelly, I, I do want to talk about this. This is going to transition me into, into this topic, okay? Now, Jared Kelnick, 
for a lot of Mariner fans listen to this, Jared Kelnick got sent down to the day he got called up. Like a year to the day, excuse me. He was straight. There was no way around it. I talked about this on, on Root Sports, but on the pregame show, there's no way around it. He was straight up struggling. Straight up struggling. It was bad. And it, it's one of these things, and Balf, I want to get into this with you, but I was never a Jared Kelnick type prospect. I mean, the Mariners built him up like he was the second coming. I mean, there was like comparisons to when Felix came up, and some even went as far as comparisons to when uh, Griffey was coming up. I swear to God, that's how it was. Uh, a year ago, dude, a year ago, it was like such a buzz. It was a Friday night, him and Logan Gilbert, our, our good friend Gilly, who was on the show a couple of weeks back, and uh, Paul Seawold, who was on the show as well. Well, they, came, they all came up together. And if you're a Mariners fan, you remember this. It was insane. Right, it was crazy. Now, I, I always say this, and uh, the, the, the Mariners and around baseball, you talk about branding and stuff like that. We know so much about these Double A players before they even show up, right? And, and we, we we promote them, and um, you know we talk about them, and blah blah blah. And these players, they buy into it. I would too, man. If I, could you imagine being in fucking Double A, and this team's talking about me like, or MLB's talking about me like I am going to be better than 80% of the dudes I'm watching on TV, it would you'd be like, oh, I've got this shit made. Then you get to the big leagues, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy to hit. Wow. And I've seen this time and time again. It's just not easy to hit. Matt Brash, uh, another example. He gets sent down, but the Mariners are talking about him like, oh, we're putting him down to make him a, a super reliever. reliever or something. No, dude, mm. no, no, no. Send him down. Don't give him all that. Just say, no, no, You go and learn how to throw strikes and you earn your way back. Like, you, you can't keep giving him this, oh, you're okay. The only reason you're getting sent down is because of this, because we've got this plan. No, yeah. no, no. Go down and friggin', like, the rest of the minor leagues, show that you can throw friggin' strikes, you'll get another chance. You come back up and you can figure that out, off you go. Yeah, I think, I think they, uh, like you say, these guys, they're being hyped up to... I mean, I don't think anyone anyone deserves to be hyped up as far and tell me that you're going to say that you're going to be as good as Griffey, a guy that played 20 years in the big leagues. Like, for instance, first of all, but, hey, you might be a great quick, player, just, but that wasn't the Mariners saying that. The Mariners like, oh, this is Griffey. Oh. There wasn't that, but it was a, a oh, lot okay. of fans were buying in because it was this big oh, promotional okay. thing. But that's how it was. Yeah. You know? But that's also because the Mariners and the teams that do poorly promote their young prospects because that's something to look forward to. The Mariners yeah. for a lot of years weren't that competitive, so hey, at least we got Kelnick on the way. As a Padres fan, there were tons of years where mm. Hunter Renfro was supposed to be the next big MLB slugger. You know, like we had nothing to pay attention to in the big league team, so they have to promote these young guys. The you know the the Dodgers fans don't care about their top double A prospects no. for the most part because they're so good in the big leagues. They don't need to worry about that. No. But when the big league team isn't that good, that's when you see this hyper focus on double A, triple A high top prospects. But my point then, is this no. my, just on that, from a player's point of view, <clears throat> all of a sudden you're like, oh, but wait a minute. You get to the big league, like Shed Long, same thing happened with him, right? With the Mariners. They, like, here's, here you go. Here's second base. You, it's all yours. He hasn't, he hasn't played it. He's barely played it, barely done anything. Like, you have to earn that shit, right? So these, I'm saying from a health standpoint, a psychological standpoint, it doesn't do the player any favors at all, man. Like, give it that feeling of earning that spot. That's what I'm talking about. So now, here's Jared Kelnick. He's back in, he's, he's in AAA, right? He's head spinning. 
And the dude's going to be a stud. Don't give me the dude is going to be a stud, man. He's going to be good. He is going to be good. He'll figure this out. But that, those first days, Grant, when you get sent down, you are you're a big leaguer. You're doing big league lifestyle shit. You're making a ton of money. You're on a private plane. You're in the mm-hmm. in the locker room with a bunch of really good players. You're on the the stage with whatever. All of a sudden, you have that meeting with the coach, and it's not the meeting's kind of like that a soft landing to what you're about to enter into. And so you get on the plane, and you're optimistic. You go to AAA and you're like, oh, I'm okay. I'm just going to work on this. I'm going to get there. <clears throat> I'll tell you what, man. A couple of days in, it hits you like a ton of bricks. You're back in AAA. You're like, oh, this sucks. This friggin' sucks. And all well, of a this sudden, guy. You, you, uh, go ahead. I mean, I do want to say, like, just reading here, not knowing a whole lot about the guy, but just reading here. Um, so he's only, he's only going to be 23 here in July, I believe, right? Right. Um, so he's got plenty of time in his minor league career to, to go back. But because of the oh, canceled yeah. minor league seasons in 2020, it says the Wisconsin native has only played in 51 games between AA and AAA because of all these games. So the amount of at-bats, the amount of time he's actually been able to play in AA and AAA is a very small amount. So yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess we're saying here he's only had 51's at dub- 51 games in AA and AAA. It was obviously probably on their taxi squad and whatnot in those other times. Um, still, obviously, staying ready to get to the big leagues. But he probably could be seasoned a little bit more um, in AA and AAA anyway. You know? Yeah. Maybe it, maybe it was a little bit too quick. Kelly, what you got, man? Let me ask, like, you guys have both been either optioned or designated for assignment. You've had those tough conversations. What is that like? What does that look like? Who calls you into the office? How does that go down? Yeah, so for me, it's always been the hardest one for me was in 2009. I go back to this year and, and I make the team. 2009 had a good year, I had like a, you know, like a three. I was in the rotation, pitching really well. 2009, we have all new coaches, new GM. So I come into spring training, and that was the year they said, oh, yeah, the World Baseball Classic. I didn't go to the World Baseball Classic because I wanted to make the team. I made the team in the rotation, and after the first start, um, I, I pitch. I don't do that great. But the next day, like the next day, I'm I'm hanging, right? The next day, mm. it was in Oakland. The next day, I'm throwing a bullpen, and my pitching coach is like, oh, I want you to do this and do that. I'm like, my arm's killing me. So I end up going on the I end up going on the IL from that. Arm was killing me, right? Come back from the IL, and mind you, I've had a good year, and I'm I'm getting real comfortable. Like I'm I'm a big leaguer now, you know. Like I'm not going back to AAA. That's just not happening. Yeah, you know, I dominated last year. Well, you've got. Doug Fister, Jason Vargas, the, the whole rotation was set and they're all doing well. So I'm getting close to that day, like, oh, you're going to do two rehab assignments and then you, we'll, we'll see. I'm like, what do you mean we'll see? You know, like, no, no, no. Like, yeah. I go to do my rehab assignments and I'm, I'm shit out. <laughs> like, I'm not that good. I'm just like trying to do the whole big leg, like just trying to get my, quote unquote, get my work in. So sure enough, cut a long story short, there's a couple other things that happened. Like I hit a guy in the head and GM was in a rehab assignment. GM was pissed, thinking I did it on purpose. I didn't. I could talk about that story another time. But I come back and they option me down because there's nowhere to put me. And they give me this bullshit like, oh, no, you've got to go do this. And there was essentially nowhere to put me in the, in the rotation. Everyone was dealing. Five dudes were dealing, right? Yeah. I was like, fuck, man. I just, like, I just got pushed out. I, you know, I go to AAA. And um, first of all, the conversation like, oh, you go down. And they just gave me a bunch of bullshit to work on. 
I'm like, work on that. Are you fucking... And I, I, I sort of fed into it. And then um, Dave Wallace was the, the pitching coordinator. He was the Red Sox pitching coach when they won the World Series in 2004. And he just said, he goes, oh, it's kind of bullshit, blah, blah, blah. He gave me that for a few days. I'm bitching and moaning, being, being soft. Finally, he said to me, he goes, dude, the only way you're going to get back to the big leagues, <clears throat> if you, you've got to pitch your fucking way back. You've got to go out and dominate every single time. And I was like, this is bullshit. I don't, no, I don't. I fucking dealt last year. I was a yeah. bitch, mate. For a good, a good week, I was a little like, and then finally it just hit me. I'm, I'm a lost cause. Like they've brushed me aside. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna shove up the fucking ass. I went on a tear for a month, just dealt. I get back to the yeah. big leagues, right? And Rickardier, the pitching coach, is like, oh, hey, you look good. Like a really good thing that we took put, sent you down. I said, no, no, dude, I've just been through fucking hell for a month, thinking I'm never gonna get back here. Fuck you. <laughs> so I'm starting this game. He's in the ball. He goes, oh, hey, some of the stuff we're working on. And I flat out turned around to him and said, hey, Rick, with all due respect, mate, I said, I've just been through, I've just been dealing for three three or four. It's taken me this long to get back here. I'm just going to warm up for this game. I'm just going to get a pitch like I do. Leave me alone, basically. Go out and pitch yeah. too well. And that was it. I, I had this chip on my shoulder. It was massive. And then again, the next year, I got too comfortable. I, I drank the Kool-Aid <laughs> on myself the next year. It was a shit show. But... That was a time, man. That was a stinger, man. That, that was a killer. Grant, what do you got, man? What, what, what was your... Go ahead, Kelly. Well, I, I, the thing that came into mind during that story is obviously you want your team to succeed, but is there any part of you that sees Doug Fister throw seven innings? You go, damn it. Hell yeah, dude. I'll, I'll admit it, man. I'll, I'll admit it. 100%. Not Doug Fister was all right. I didn't even think Fister was up at that point. But Jason Vargas, yes. So I'll admit that, man. And this is the first time I ever admit this. You talk about, oh, you want the team to win. Dude, when you're in that thing and you're trying to be an established player, you watch it. I've seen this a bunch. Mike Morse, man. Funny fucking story. Mike Morse was like, he'd come in and go, did they win? <clears throat> Damn it. <laughs> like like, he goes oh what did so and so do and he's like ah oh, she got two hits motherfucker i'm not going anywhere like that, that's i'll be honest with you man i was like uh, those guys i'm better than them i want them to, to scuffle so they start looking down the triple a that's all that is but once you get there and whatever yeah. you want to obviously win so grant go for it grant, when you're yeah. in the bullpen, are you if you're like a setup guy are you worried about the closer doing too well does that happen for me no i mean oh you're talking about when i'm in the minor leagues or in the big right, leagues? Like the- no, no, no. When you're in the, uh, I, honestly, I'll be totally honest with you. When I'm, when I've been playing, I, I did learn very early that if you're rooting against other guys, shit is not going to go your way. Absolutely. I always just, I always I told hunt. myself, I, I told myself, if a guy's doing good, you just got to do better than him. You're not rooting for him to do bad. You just got to do better than him. That's all you can do because there's the same thing you can control. Can't control what he's doing. I can only control what I'm doing. I got to go out there, and if he put up a, if he puts putting up a one, I got to put up a point nine. That's just that's as simple as it is. I mean, you know, it's it's yeah. about putting up numbers, and that's basically like Ryan said. You know, okay, this is what you did last year, but to be honest with you, and you learn it fast in in baseball, no one cares what you did last year really. I mean, yeah, you get paid, and you'll get a little bit of a, a longer string to hold on to. But when it comes, push comes to shove, they're going to take the hot hand every time. They want that guy out there that's going, doing this, doing this, doing this. And like, like you're fine, you know, like, yeah, I could be down in AAA pitching with a one, but I'm looking up in the big leagues. The guys up in the big leagues have got a one doing the same thing. It's like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, why would they make a change up there when they don't need to? 
And then as soon as someone gets hurt or something happens, there you go, there's your opportunity. And as soon as you get that opportunity, you got to run with it. And, and that's basically all it, it really boils down to. Um, but yeah, don't get me wrong, I've been through my, a lot of my times when I've been let go is because of injury. I've had shoulder and elbow injury, I had a surgery, so I, I was let go. I get picked up by another team and, and had to make my way back to the big leagues. And I had to go back to all the way back to double A in 2006 it was actually 2007 after being caught up in the big you know having a few years in the big leagues by that time had to go back to double a and pitch in alabama and you know 100 degree weather and and pitch out of the bullpen and and work my way up and and i did i you know i put up a one there i put up a one in triple a and then i finally got that chance to get back but i mean yeah it was hell and it was tough. And, and you, you questioned whether you are going to get called back up again. You question, is this it for me at times? But like you said, it, the best thing I ever did was I go out there and pitch with a chip on my shoulder and say, hey, I know I'm a big leaguer. I'm just going to go out here and shove every night until someone gives me a chance. And if it's not, the, if it's not this team, there's another team that will. They'll trade me, and there's another team in the big leagues that needs me right now. Because I know just because – yeah, the Mariners are, are, are doing this or their starting five are doing this. Doesn't mean that, you know, the Padres might need a starter tomorrow and they may trade you, you know what I mean? So it's always just just keep the pedal to the metal, basically, and hope for the best, really. Hey, Koei, just on that too, a similar thing happens, you know, with, with broadcasting. I look at, at broadcasting, like I'm doing stuff, I'm doing the pre and post game show. Now, I, I want to do color like crazy right that my boss over at the mariners he knows that huh? like I, I i just try and push and push i want to i want to be in the booth i love i friggin love it i want to be on mlb network i want to do national stuff all this kind of stuff but sometimes someone told me this man and, and they said look two things number one if you're in the position you're in and this goes for if you want to get a promotion or whatever in any whatever you're in a position and you keep looking for that or how am i going to ask for that promotion or how do i get it why has that person got it Fuck all that shit. He, they said, just be the best, absolute best pre-game, do the best pre and post you've ever done, where you're at, be the un, be, put everything into that. And they also said, someone is always watching. Same thing goes with baseball. I say this to kids all the time. Someone is always paying attention. Maybe they're not, but if you go into it thinking that, you know, someone's, someone's you, know, watching, you know, watching what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It makes such a difference. Like I'll put it this way: we had a Wednesday 10 a.m. game. Teams on the East Coast, 10 o'clock in the morning. We're in the studio. I'm like, oh, no one's what? No one's watching 10 a.m. Everyone's at work, right? And I'm like, yeah, no, you know what? I'm, for some reason, as I said, I'm, I'm just going to go hard here. I'm going to go hard and and do really well. And I, I went hard. I did this whole blah blah blah. This whole thing. I made sure I looked a certain way and whatever. Sure enough, I get a text message from someone on a national feed saying, "Hey man, you, you killed it in that last segment." I was like, what? It's like, and it just it was a quick reminder to say, oh shit, okay, yeah, people are paying attention somewhere somehow. They'll they'll pick up if you're doing good shit, man. They'll pick it up, and don't worry about what other people are doing. You know, super important. So, anyway. yeah, that's it. In the minor leagues, does it feel like you're playing for all 30 teams, or does it feel like you're locked in with your organization? Depends where you're at. Like when when you're early days, like when when Balf was, you know, when he's or m- myself, when we're coming up through the minor leagues, were you playing for that team? I, you know, essentially. But then I, when you're all of a sudden, you get optioned down and you may be on your way out or, or you're a minor league free agent, guess what, man? <laughs> I'm playing for all these freaking teams. I'm that 
pitching coach who they may ask that pitching coach over that other team in triple a hey man ryan roland smith's available or you know, what would what, you see i'm pitching for them yeah. too 100 percent. yeah that's that's spot on you know yeah. you come up as a as a young kid yeah, you know, you're on these yep. top ten lists with the twins, like myself. You know what? I, yeah, I want to pitch for the twins. You have aspirations to pitch for the twins. You sign with them, and that's where your mind is. You don't really know any different, honestly. To be honest, hey, with you, way, I, was, I I didn't really know any different anyway, and that's Coy, that's where I wanted to be. Coy, did you get this sent to you while we? Uh, this is live, a live text we just got from. Grant Balfour, the 2004 prospect list. Now, quit bragging, mate. Like, seriously, you're kidding. Well, you? you did ask me before the show. <laughs> was it? Was Coey asked no, us before great. the show? Was, any, was anyone a top top prospect or whatever? I said, well, look, I did make the top top prospect list when I was, yeah, uh, you know, a young lad. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> top ten, number top nine. ten twins, number nine, this just impress- in front of uh, Restovich. Dude, this is an impressive list, man. Like. And 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 Kali, let, let me just run through this. Michael Restovich played in the big leagues. Denard's who else you got here? You got you number nine. Jason Kubel played in the big leagues. Denard Span, good career. Bartlett had some really good years. Jesse Crane had some good years. JD Durbin, remember him? Yeah, he, he yeah. was a, he was a great dude, man. He's a good dude, but a little bit of a on the bus side, I will say. Matt Moses. I don't know who that is. Justin no, Morneau, he's been on he the was, show he before. Morneau and Mauer are the top two. Remember, you remember, Mauer, Jesse, you remember Jesse Crane? Matt yeah. Mervis, I think he was a first-round pick. He was a big first-round pick. He was a big, big Dude, every, time, Everyone hit on that list. Yeah. For the most part, for the most part, everyone hit. But yeah, so tough to tough to hit the number one spot there with Mauer with the Twins, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think he was yeah. on it for three straight years that he was in the minor leagues and then he got called up. <laughs> I do want to talk about one former top prospect. A long time ago, he was a top prospect. He came up as a hitter, but apparently as of yesterday, Sunday, this is the new best reliever in baseball. Albert Pujols (laughs) on the mound. Love it. Cowie, what do you got, man? Tell tell us about it. Set it up for for the Aussies who may not have picked up on this if you're not on social. So on Sunday Night Baseball, the Cardinals were killing the Giants. Oh, Sunday Night Baseball. It was Sunday Night Baseball last night. Yeah, Yeah, all right. Yeah, national game, and the Cardinals are up by a ton. They were up 15-2, to two and they said, we don't want to use the bullpen. We're going to use one of our old veterans. So Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina started the game, and then Albert Pujols came in there in the ninth. Gave up four runs. Uh, not, not a great career ERA, but it was such a blast. If you get a chance, go watch the 10-minute inning. Uh, it's the all-in moment. I'll let Ryan talk about that. But if you get a chance, go look on YouTube and watch, watch Albert pitch because it's Everyone's having a good time. Even the guys in the Giants dugout are having fun with it. What, what a great yeah. segue, Coey. Now, that, this is the all-in moment. We have the all-in moment brought to you by All-In Energy Drink. Now, All-In has hit an absolute missile like Albert Pujols. Or throwing, he didn't throw a scoreless inning. <laughs> or he got on the mound. He's the reliever of the year uh, when it comes yeah. to taste and just, ha- do, just drinking a better energy drink. So go to drinkallin.com slash the top step. You get 10% off. So... The all-in moment okay, is Big Albert Pujols, who, by the way, he's popped up a few times on our show, mate. We, he, he's been... Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Have a swig. Uh, rip in, mate. Rip in. Hey, we still haven't done Word of the Day uh, yet. This is a new format. Mate, We're doing swig. Word of the Day at the end. We've got to rip in. Mate, the Albert, the Albert was on the back end of, uh, of what he's usually doing in his career. 
He was on the back so, end of two home runs, mate. He gave up two bombs, the big fella. <laughs> but he was. It made me think. I saw Albert. On he's the an all rounder. You know, Albert's obviously had an incredible career, but he's not a pitcher. So I was thinking about it. I know a couple guys who pitched in the big leagues, so I looked up their hitting stats. Oh. You had two at bats. Do you know your outcome in those two at bats? I do know. I know what ninety six looks like down in a lane. <laughs> it looks like it looks like it's six foot off the plate. I'm like, how am I supposed to hit that? I haven't swung a bat. In, I haven't swung a bat in ten years. How am I supposed to hit that? I go ahead, go. Two with two punches, and then Ryan, you had five at bats. How did we do? How did we fare? Do you know off the top of your head? Over. Go, hey, go, go look up, go look up. Four punches. Four punch outs. One of them was trying to put a bunt down, and Kirk Gibson let me have it. Let me tell that story in a second. But go look up my spring training hitting numbers. I went two for two off Jason Marquis one year, and he was an all-star that year, so suck on that. The other one is <laughs> I, I, I broke up a no-hitter in AAA as well, mate. So I, I could I could swing a little bit. Speaking of, I didn't have bat in, in, in uh, St. Louis. Did you, lay one, did you lay one down the line? Did you bunt? Dude, lay one down the line to break up no hitter. I was, yeah. I was a, sh- I had a shock amount. <laughs> I even, I fractured my finger trying to bunt one time too. That's oh, another story for another time. It was, a, it was a joke. But dude, Albert Pujols. Speaking of that, I was in St. Louis. Uh, Jeff Supan's pitching, and he's throwing like eighty-seven. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm I, like, I can handle this. <laughs> yeah, he's throwing like eighty-seven with turbo sync, and I got to lay the bunt down, dude. Albert Pujols is like two feet away from me. They they would like hit from they would like crash the line hard. I'm like, oh shit, there's there's Albert. I'm I'm, I'm not butting him. I was like, it was like scary, dude. Like they're they're on me. Like turn, the third turn back and slash, mate. Just turn back and slash. Yeah, I should have just gone. Yeah, slash on, straight, <laughs> line it straight off the gob. That's <laughs> <Yeah>, it. <laughs> straight off the forehead, mate. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, it. Hey, real quick, out like a light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of hey, Coey, so um. Where, where, where was it? Oh, yeah. So my, the last that bat I ever had in my career was 24 towns with the D-backs. And I come in, I come into the bullpen, from the bullpen, sorry. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm throwing multiple innings here. And I look up, I'm going to hit? Are you joking? So I come on <laughs> and I'm standing on deck and uh, Amanda, my wife's in the stands. So she's like, oh, I'm going to take this. You can see me come out of the dugout like some idiot. And sure enough, a walk in front of me. I'm like, oh, fuck, I've got a bunt. And I was scared because I'd fractured my finger um, before and I, I was too scared to bunt like in the machine in spring training I can you know do it I get up there Buster Posey's behind me right I get up and, and um, Hudson's pitching um, what's his name Daniel uh, Tim Daniel Hudson. Tim Hudson oh, no, Tim, Tim Hudson, Hudson. Tim, yeah, yeah Tim Hudson just yeah. turbo sinkers mate like you know 88 89's just turbo sink <laughs> so I look I gotta put the bun down pull it back strike like this the next one uh, like you know two feet out of the strikes and I'll get and put and try trying to put the bun out it was pathetic mate and i stop i stand there i can hear this chuckling behind me and i look down the ground I look back and buster posey stand there he's like when was the last time you hit <laughs> i was just like dude and, and straight away I just yeah. got in my head i'm like it looks that bad i'm like this is on tv it was i think it was opening day in, in san fran as well and so i'm like oh fuck this looks really bad so the next one i just did this shitty like you know attempt half attempt yeah, yeah i go back in the dugout yeah, take my helmet off, put my bat away. I just see this yelling. I'm like, what the hell is that? I turn around, dude, Kirk Gibson is in my face. You get that fucking bunt down. You fucking lay this shit down. We're trying to win this game. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. I was like scared, dude. I'm like, <laughs> he got in, in, I, get, I was rattled. I go back out to pitch. I'm like, oh, man, I just feel like I just can just feel these like 
glare while I'm out yeah. trying to pitch the next inning. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It, it, was, was, it was a joke. That year, right? The 2014 Dynamax, he was the manager? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And all he wanted that's, to do was, all he wanted to do was have a beer for the uh, the Dodgers, mate. That's all he cared about. Because the year before, the Dodgers jumped in the pool. Remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. I remember that out there. Yeah. Yeah. So he was mad. He he was upset. Old Kirk. Let me tell you. Give a give a. <laughs> just talking about. There was a guy just, with a bunch of tattoos. Tatman Ryan Reynolds is that his name? Something like that. Who, yeah, that he was there the year before. He wasn't there the year okay, I was there. Okay. I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, uh, you guys started the year in Australia that year, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sydney okay, Cricket Ground. Yeah. That's yeah. right. The SCG. Cric- the SCG. I went down there the next. Uh, I went down there uh, prior to. Uh, sorry, after that, actually. I went down there. Um, MLB said, hey, we're going to you know, pay for you to go down there and sign and, and go around Australia a little bit. Well, they did a nice thing. It was, it was actually pretty cool. They um, took me out onto the SCG. Uh, the cricket ground there and they put up on the big screen they showed me basically everything that you guys all the uh, yeah. you know opening uh, opening day and all that stuff it was, a, it was a cool event really really cool time so yeah. I was really happy yeah, was about awesome. that I just want to bring up you brought up the San Francisco Giants and it just popped in my head here you brought up the San Francisco Giants you brought up some salty veterans and you started talking about the turbo sink and all this other stuff did you guys see that Johnny Cueto got called up with the White Sox? Did he? Johnny Cueto, who uh, had a lot of time with San Francisco, just finally got called up with the White Sox. Um, I mean, this guy's been unbelievable for a long, long time, right? We all know him as being a great pitcher. Um, not sure if he'll be a, a, you know. Oh, he's pitching tonight on Monday night. Yeah, I, I, I question whether... You know he's got enough numbers to uh, be in the Hall of Fame, but he's definitely one of those guys that would I would think would be on yeah. the ballot. But um, yeah, getting another shot after being down in the minor leagues uh, for that time. We talked about you know going down to the minor leagues and trying to come back. Well, there he is. Yeah. He's back. He um he was one of my picks to be like a depth piece, you know, for the Mariners. Like pick up a Johnny Cueto and see what you got. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Well, back, hey, back by the in way, 2014, by the way, that, that was 242 hey, strikeouts. That was the all-in moment. Albert Pujols pitching, unreal, amazing. Yeah, um, all-in moment brought to you by All In Energy Drinks. Drinkallin.com/slash the top step get ten percent off. Cheers, mate. Local brand here in Seattle. Cheers. 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 All right. Okay. Word of the day. We're doing this at the end of the seg. Hey, sorry, the end of the episode. Word of the day. I brought it up, and this is to do with with Albert Pujols. Grant, tell us what. Tell us what. What's an all rounder? All rounder. Ah, oh, so when we we talk usually about an all rounder and like the ways of cricket, cricket when you're <laughs> bo- you're a bowler. Yeah, there's not every guy that plays cricket and bats bowl. There's only a handful no. of bowlers. So you got a few bowlers, and uh, we got a few cricketers. Uh, sorry, batsmen. So an all rounder is someone, uh, yeah, an all rounder is someone that bats and bowls and does it all. So that's your all rounder in in a, in a yeah, game right. of cricket. Yeah, uh, and it's one of these guys who like he doesn't just hit crush sixes or stays in for eighty, but he's this bloke who can put, put give you a forty, give you a fifty, and can bowl, spin bowl a little bit. Is it like a utility player in baseball? Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. Okay. Yeah, like, it's yeah, like Otani, in... like an Otani, but not really. It's, yeah. it's a lot. 
it's 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 just part of the game. I mean, you, you do yeah. bat and you do bowl. But, um, most of the fast bowlers typically bat down in the lower end of the yeah the batting. There's because they're not so great typically, right? As we've seen, See, most what? pitchers in baseball typically not yeah your See, greatest that, of hitters. Tell you what, that pool that pool is a bloody good all rounder, mate. There he is. He's a good rounder, that bloke. I do have to reach out and say this <laughs> after right. after Australian cricket has taken a bit of a toll this year with um, oh, yeah. Shane Warne passing. He was a big, huge icon in Australia. But Andrew Simons, did you see that, Ryan? I did, yeah. Sad, Andrew man. Simons, he, he, was, uh, how good was he? he was an all-rounder. This guy was an, a true all-rounder. He was probably one of the, the great all-rounders. Talk about a bowler and a guy that could hit. This guy could do it all, and he just uh, tragically passed away in a car accident but, uh, yeah. at the age of 46. But, yeah, that, he was a, a true all-rounder, that bloke. He was really fun to watch. He was this guy, Coey, who, like, see, cricket, and no offense, Australians <clears throat> going to hate me for this, but they've got this 2020. It's like a faster game. It's kind of like more of like a baseball-style game. But um, this guy was like, he had the dreads. He just crushed balls. He was really talented. But he wasn't like... It wasn't like he was trying to be like super flashy or super like um, showy or anything like that. He was just like a like a very Australian type dude, but he was just really good and very you know we we're talking about this early on like branding. Like he's very like marketable, you know what I mean? But it's sad. I mean, he obviously is retired, but he died in a car accident. But uh, yeah, sad, mate. I mean, su- yeah, super sad. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, get the vibe back going, you guys. We're, we're, oh yeah, we're, uh, no, that's all right. That's all right, mate. I just, uh, I just wanted to mention it and, and and have a shout out to our Australian listeners that we still do follow the Aussie sports. I know we yeah. talk baseball on here, but we we follow the Aussie sports. We love the Aussie sports, and we wanted to reach out and just uh, mention one of the greats there that um, from Australia. Yeah. Sad, sad passing there, but um, just wanted to make sure that we do follow it. We love our Aussie sports. And uh, but yeah, mate, back to baseball. Okay, what else we got, champion? As you smash that all in, your sixth of the. Yeah, I gotta get my silver ball in. <clears throat> I mean, if we're talking about an all rounder, I uh, last year was incredible, and he just hit his 100th homer. I just want your guys' take. We talked about you hitting Shohei Otani. Have you ever seen anything like him? How does how is he doing this? I'm he's amazing to me. Yeah, yeah, and we talked about this when Grant and I, when Grant first came, Coe, before you took on your apprenticeship here at the top step. We talked about <laughs> who who's going to be when it's all said and done. Who's going to be a, a, the better Japanese player? Now, and the reason not because oh, who's the best Australian player? Who's the best player from Colombia? You've got Ichiro's one of the best, greatest of all time, and when you put him in, when you categorize him, he's at the top of categories. Like when I'm talking about the type of player he was, right, in the world. doesn't matter what country he's from. But you look at this and say, okay, there will never be another player out of a country, Japan, like Ichiro. Well, Shohei Otani, how many years of this do you have to see where he, you're like, he is maybe not uh, – he is the greatest player from Japan. Can, how many – obviously, <clears throat> yeah, he got a later start – but he is, is he the best player in the world? Can he be up there with the conversation of the best player of all time? Um, I know the years are going to get him here. Let's say he did this. Let's say he did this for this value that he's putting up. 
and how much fun it is and how electric this dude is. How many years would he have to do this to have him in the greatest of all time conversation? I think if he's pitching and hitting at the level that he is right now for a decade, he's automatically a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I, I don't, I think, I mean, just because of the value of being able to throw seven innings and then hit a homer the next yeah. day, it's incredible. It's amazing. So that's what I'm saying. How many years? And and hey, if you have a take on this, hey, if you want to say five years, you want to say ten. No, it's going to take him twenty years because that's what guys do. The greatest of all time. They play for twenty years. They have that kind of lifespan in the big leagues. But dude, you're right, man. And, and uh, you know, a lot of Mariner listeners. I'm not taking anything away from Mitchell. I played with a dude for for you know multiple years, and he's incredible. Like he, I've never seen anything like it. And I'm I'm happy to tell Ichiro stories all day long. <laughs> But when I'm looking at at Otani, man, there it's just it's this unique, one of a kind talents that we saw last year. Or oh, can you back it up? Because there is the health part of it. It is the the stamina part of it. You have to, pitching takes its toll, man. It takes its toll on the four days after you start a game, especially when you go on seven innings. You 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 you're smashed, and then you got to get in and get your swing right. You got to go do all this extra watching videos who you're facing that night oh by the way i've got a pitch two days from now i mean it's just yeah i I just worry about the the health situation is is where it it comes into play i think the stuff plays it's like the longevity is the health you know you're out there and you and you're breaking that body down um obviously swinging a bat and then you got to go out and pitch i mean as long as the health stays there, then yeah, you would you would think that the production can stay there. Typically, as someone ages, their production tends to slow down. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that he's going to be hitting forty six home runs at the age of thirty six as he is at twenty six, but he still might. He might defy the odds. But let's say you know he's hitting twenty six home runs a year. Then so you talk about the timeline and whatnot. Um, he was he was derailed a little bit. He's in the big leagues at 23, a little bit derailed due to uh, Tommy John surgery there with the pitching, and he did have, you know, he had a bit of a slow uh, like 2020, obviously being uh, a short season. So there's a, there's a couple of things that have derailed him there. But 46 and 100 last year, you know, if he can, he's on pace for what's he on pace for this year? He's at eight and 26 now. I mean, you got to think. He's on pace for another 40 home runs and another 100 RBIs again this year. I, I could definitely see anybody that puts up those kind of numbers for a decade, I, I agree with you, Coey, is uh, is a definite um, Hall of Fame player for me for that longevity of time. <laughs> and then the last topic here, I'm just, I, he's amazing. The last topic we wanted to get into was the balls are different. We right. saw Chris Bassett complaining about it at the beginning of the year. We've seen pitchers say that they can't get a grip on it. Hitters are saying it's not flying as far. You guys both pitched in the big leagues. Do you Was that something you ever noticed? Do you pay attention to that? How much credence do you give all that about I, being different this year? Go ahead, go ahead Grant. So I think, I think to do with the baseballs, it's, um, it all comes down to the weather too. You know, cold weather, it's definitely harder to grip a baseball when it's cold. You know, the, the feeling in your fingers, it's cold. It's very slick out. It's just, that's just the way it is. Uh, once, the warm, once the weather warms up and you get to these places where there's more humidity, you got more you know, stick in your fingers, a little, little sweat, 
Um, you know, and you got the rosin bag back there, you're fine. But yeah, definitely hard to pitch in the cold weather up north early in the season. Uh, the ball's very dry, it feels like talc, and uh, sometimes it can be hard to control, yeah. Look, uh, here's my take on all this stuff with the baseballs, right? Now, the baseballs are not flying the same as what they did last couple of years. Now, it could be the weather, whatever. The humidors, every stadium now has a humidor in it, regardless of if it's Colorado or if it's San Diego. They all have a humidor, and they all try and set it to, to even the playing field. But with all that being said, and last year with the, the grip on the ball and the the minute you give – yeah, look, you give a crocodile your, your big toe, he's taking your leg. And what I mean by that is – Baseball, the minute you give any kind of, oh, hey, let's dive into the baseball because of um, the substance used on the ball, the, the way it's manufactured, um, the humidor situation, whatever, the, all of a sudden, now you just open the floodgates. You are never going to get a, oh, yeah, this ball's great, awesome. Let's just go ahead and let's forget about it. It's, every year it's going to be something friggin' different. You go back five years ago, man, you picked up the friggin' baseball as a pitcher, hit it, whatever. That's just the baseball. Here it is. It's rubbed up. This is what we've been using since Babe Ruth. Right? Obviously not, but you know what I'm saying? This is, this is a baseball. Yeah. Go play baseball. Now it's like this whole friggin', what's the baseball doing? This is why I've got a six. I can't grip it now because of that. Or I can't hit a home run. It's just this whole friggin' floodgate of just shit. How's it? mass produced oh we have a supply issue with the middle of the ball i just like seriously can't can't we just go you know here's the fucking baseball do what you will off you go and go freaking play i just get sick of hearing about that not coey because i'm i Mm. asked you to bring this up but just like it it just does my freaking head in man it's insane just it's you know what there's like cal Rawley hit a home run yesterday absolutely murdered this ball yesterday crushed it Right, two years ago, oh, I would have gone another twenty feet. Who cares? Whatever. I, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Who cares? The one say argument that I've heard that's really interesting to me, and this will be the last thing I have on this, is that there are more position players on every roster than pitchers. Right. Mm-hmm. So if the ball is deadened and there are fewer homers and less offense, that means overall salaries are going to decrease. Or even yep. if pitchers' salaries increase because their numbers are better, there are more hitters. So overall, the salaries will decrease. And maybe it's like a ploy by the owners to spend less. I think it's a little bit like conspiracy and outlandish, but I can see where it's coming from. And do you think there's totally. any, any? Yeah, uh, no, I, 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 mean, I do, man. I, I mean, I how many pitch, a- how many pitches, how many pitches are on a team? We got what do we got? Twenty eight guys on a roster now. Or are we down to 20, 26. 26. Yeah. So we've gone down to twenty six. <laughs> So we've gone down to we've gone down to twenty six from we started at twenty eight to start of the year. I'm getting a little confused, I should say, because it, a lot's changed. Because well, we start the season early, so we're going to let you have one more player, right? We're at twenty six right two. now. Is that correct? Two, two more. We're at, we're at twenty six now. Out of that twenty six, if you're in the National League, you'll find that there's thirteen pitchers on most rosters. Fifteen, some of them. Yeah, there's a shitload. Yeah. So it, it is. It is. I think it's. I don't know. I think it's typically even field there, but um, you know, you got five starters and you got nine starters out in the field, or well, eight eight guys taking the field. That's the way I see it. Because your big money's being spent with your starters. You're not paying the middle guys in the bullpen. You're paying your closer. You're paying your five starters. You're talking about the bigger money, and then you've got your eight guys out there that are taking the field every day. 
they're the ones that are your everyday players, bigger money. Maybe your fourth outfit you're still paying. But so yeah, you've got you know probably four more out, four more players. And if you're talking about fifteen million, ten fifteen million a piece on that, yeah, you're talking forty sixty million dollars. So there's your there's your difference, you know. So That's a good point. I could see and, that. Totally. And Kelly, just back to your thing about like the manufacturing of baseballs to make them dead, make them whatever. If there's a clear cut way they can say, hey, use this in the middle of the ball to make the ball go 30 feet less, I can see that. But when you start getting into this whole thing where you can manipulate the ball by this and that, you're going to have to have MLB, and I know they're a big, trust me, they're a huge billion dollar industry or whatever. But you're talking about you're going to have a whole secret team of dudes over at that Rawlings factory, which MLB owns, by the way, doing all kinds of crazy shit that surely, if it is that distinct that you can figure out ways to manipulate the baseball, then there's going to be external companies out there doing their research to figure out, oh, yeah, look at the difference here, which, which there has been a couple little like inklings, but there hasn't been anything clear cut. So I just think... I don't know, man. <clears throat> and sometimes it's the machine that pumps out all the friggin' baseballs could be a joke that week. Or it could be, you know, the, the way they're wounded, like the little computer system they put in. I don't know. I just sometimes I'm just like, here's a friggin' baseball. Here you go. Some might feel a bit weird, throw the ball out, whatever. If not, have at it. I just, I get, oh, man, this whole thing with the, the balls just does my head in. Mm. And again, on, on, by saying that, if MLB is manipulating the baseball, stop it. You, you, that's just a joke. That's insane. Well, I that's will. Insane. I will say this is an older article, but um, Rob Manfred had repeatedly denied rumors that the ball has been altered in any way or juiced to generate more homers. So, this was this was back in like 2016, but in 2017 there was a home run record was broken. So there's more home runs hit in baseball than ever when players hit 5,693 home runs, which surpassed the 2000 number of the steroid era. So you got the steroid era. Then people were speculating, while balls are being wound tighter, we've hit more home runs in 2017, you know, 17 years later than ever in baseball. So people started to speculate. Rob Manfred said, well denied rumors that the ball's been altered in any way so who knows what is it um yeah i guess we could sit here and go back and forward and i think it's uh just a bit of a guessing game but um i, di- I did not know that the uh the baseballs uh are being made down there in costa rica so maybe we'll, we'll have to go down there to costa rica grab the surfboards and uh, look into this a little bit more <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> a, a business, we, we, trip, we do, a business trip down to Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah we, we'll do an episode down there. We'll, we'll get the, um, the the bosses at the top step to pay to, to fork out first class flights down to Costa Rica, have a surfing trip, and do a live live event there. But hey, guys, speaking yeah. of that, we're, we're we're running out of time here, but um, it's been fun, man. This is our first video episode, so this is going to be interesting to see how this turns out. So again, a lot of you yeah. have said, "Oh, hey, where can you watch the videos?" I I have always put the clips on, but we finally have some, uh, some, some videos. Well, once they see our ugly mugs, we're going to have no listeners. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a good point. That's a great yeah. point. But hey, by the way, I'm in the new house. You can see this 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 wall. This wall's about to get ripped down behind me. I'm going to yep. set up. I'm going to have a nice little studio in here where I can do all kinds of rubbish. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm mate. excited. I'm looking, for, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, you got, we'll have to do a, a, an episode, everyone in the same room. It'd be fun. 
I mean, that's what I'm we excited need to for do. all the listeners to be able to see Grant's mohawk and finally appreciate oh, yeah. his greatness. Which, by the way, he cuts himself. <laughs> he cuts that. He ah. cuts his. Own, you, are you still cutting your own hair? Yeah, still cutting it, mate. It's yeah. a it's a bit of a bit of a shocker, bit of a shocker at the moment. But uh, yeah, that's no, all right. It looks great, mate. All right. Yeah, well, this has been fun. Make sure you um, make sure you go ahead and subscribe if you haven't. Tell your mates. We have got some good guests coming up. We've had some good, and if you get a chance too, I know some people are behind. Like some people, are like oh, I'm only on the uh, Gilbert episode now. I'm like, you need to catch up. Let's go. What are you doing? Yeah. So you know, we're gonna have some good ones. We're gonna try and turn this around a little faster too. That was another little request. So, Coey, the Apprentice, you got your your work cut out for you, champ. <laughs> is what I'm paid the big bucks to do, baby. Dude, we barely <laughs> spoke. We, there was two things we didn't talk about. Hopefully, we get to it next time. But there was one thing with the Padres we didn't get to, Coey. So we, we, we're gonna make sure we get to it uh, next time. Next time we do this. So awesome. All right, fellas, this has been fun. Have a great afternoon, All right, guys. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks to all the listeners. Be good. See you guys. Thanks, mate. See ya.